0: This is part three of a series that we're in uh, discussing the soul. Uh, all of us are made up of uh, three parts. We have a flesh, that's your physical being. We have a spirit, that's the part of you that is going to live forever uh, in eternity. And then you have a soul, that is where your feelings reside. And, the reason why we're talking about the soul is the soul, the feelings is is the hub of of what influences our decisions. And um, we we talked about people in the first series or the first part of the series that people have ruined their lives because they didn't have an anchor for the soul. They've they've ruined their family, they ruined their their uh, their place of employment, they ruined their friendships. Uh, they they just, just completely dismantle their walk with God. Uh, we've got to keep our soul anchored in the right place. And so that's what we're talking about today. If you're taking notes, you can title your notes, A Scarred Soul. Uh, that's what we're going to unpack today. In Luke chapter 7, there's a scene where we get to see a person named uh, Simon invite um a Jesus to his house to a dinner and um it's interesting because he doesn't want to have the dinner he doesn't want to have the party is anyone here especially during this season have you ever been invited to a party you don't want to go to are you with me it's like you do not want to to go, and, and you just think, ah, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, so let's show up late and leave. Oh, you've been there. <laughs> you show up late, you leave early, let's get in, let's get out. Um, well, Simon was here. He, he did not want uh, to, uh, to host this party, but he felt obligated to host it because he was a spiritual leader in the community. And Jesus had been preaching. He wasn't a quote-unquote spiritual leader. He wasn't part of the Pharisee group. Um, and so hundreds and thousands of people, every time Jesus starts teaching, uh, everybody in the community gathers around to listen to this man teach. And so uh, Simon really had no, uh, no choice but to bring him to his house, to interview him, to get to know him. But he didn't want to do it. And so he invited them over, and we know that he didn't want to do it because there's a protocol to inviting people over the house in those ancient days. Um, The very first thing you do is you take them by the hand and you give them a kiss on the hand. Uh, The second thing you do is you wash their feet. The reason for this is um, they hadn't figured out socks yet. Okay, I, I don't know who figured out socks, but we are giving so much attention to people like Henry Ford. I think the person who came up with socks needs some credit. Someone say, that's good preaching right there. I personally think it was a wife who looked at her husband's toes and was like, I can't take it anymore. Cover the dogs up. They're nasty, they stink, they're ugly. Cut those things. Get you a weed eater and just get, get all over those things. Well, they didn't have socks figured out then. And they didn't have concrete roads or sidewalks figured out at that time. And so when people came to your house, it was customary, it was kind to, to wash their feet. And, uh, and the people who you had an intimate relationship with, your family, your close friends, you'd actually take a step further than that is you would take it, some oil and uh, you would just put it over their head. And uh, they called it anointing their head. And, and basically what that was is it would push all the dirt and all the dust uh, off of their face. And it was very refreshing uh, and it had a scent to it typically... And uh, it was just a nice way to bring someone into your home. Um, But none of these things were done to Jesus when he came. Uh, They did not want him in the house. So they're having the party, uh, if you want to call it that, it was a dinner evening. And then all of a sudden, the awkwardness of the evening, because he wasn't received properly or with respect, the awkwardness on a scale of 1 to 10 was already at a 6. And then it went to like a 17 in a moment. See, there was a, a woman uh, in the community uh, who was a prostitute. And at some point, while Jesus was speaking to, uh, maybe he was in the temple, maybe he was um, speaking by a lake that he often did, maybe it was next to the sea, Um, it was the countryside or the city, I don't know, but at some point, she saw the crowd gathered around Jesus, and I'm just taking an intuitive leap here, because how else would she know who he is? And and she walked up to that crowd, and she heard him talking, and... um, her heart leapt. She experienced hope for the first time. See, there's some people that can listen to Jesus, uh, be in the same room while people talk about Jesus, like Simon, and, and not be moved at all. It just doesn't move them. It just, it, it, they're just not, uh, they just don't really care. And then there's, there's other people like this woman who had lived through so much brokenness and so much disappointment that when she heard about Jesus, there was something in her that says, this is what I want. I don't want to live alone anymore. And, and this person, this being loves me. And there's so many people even today. That, that just, that in their heart, they know that Jesus has been paying attention to them even while we have been ignoring Him. Jesus never stopped paying attention to us. And, and when we come into a church like this or, or we're sitting in our car and all of a sudden the thought comes to our mind and our heart begins to fill with emotion, we recognize that, that Jesus has always been there. He's never left us. He's always protected us even when we weren't being faithful. And, and I think that there was something uh, about this moment where, where she saw Jesus and she said, I want to get to know Him. And see, that's why people come back to church. They say, this is this is what I'm talking about. You know, there's so many people that's just sick of punching in and punching out and doing the ritual, doing the routine. But every once in a while, you walk in and you go, this is, this is what I'm talking about right here. This is what I'm talking about. I am here to get to know Jesus. This is what I'm talking about. And so she came to the party she came to the dinner she wasn't invited Uh, they didn't want her there but she did not care see there's a moment in everybody's life and in an adult's life where they have that decision to make where are you going to continue to try to figure out how to live without him you're going to continue to figure that out I'm going to figure this out, I'm going, to figure, I'm going to figure out how to convince myself that he doesn't exist, I'm going to convince myself that, that, that this was all a big accident, I'm going to convince myself that he doesn't care, or you cross over and you say, I have questions that I really want answers for why did you allow this to happen and why did you allow that to happen and and why this and why that but in the meantime before I get those answers in heaven I'm going to serve you I'm not going to let those unanswered questions keep me from serving you because what I do know is enough did you hear me? What I do know is enough. And, and this is what I do know, and I think I speak for you as well. This couldn't be an accident. Now, even Freud said, the single cell, I don't know where it came from. I don't know how life started. This isn't an accident. And, and anyone who can take planets and throw them in the sky and say, you stay right there. Yes who can cause waves to come out of the ground and crash and and allow oceans to go and go, now you stop right here. Anyone who can cause direct wind like a policeman would direct traffic. Tell the sun to go down and the moon to come up. If anyone who can do that and then tells you that you are the apple of his eye while all that is happening, that is enough of a reason to worship him. Can someone say amen? So this, this woman, she came to the house. This is going to be awkward, she says to herself. This is going to be hard, this, she says to herself. But, but nobody else has ever cared for me the way he cares for me. I can see it in his eyes. She comes walking in, and and this this is a powerful moment. She opens up the door to a house that she is not invited to. Think about that. Thank the Lord this didn't happen in Texas. (laughs) She comes in. That was risky. I didn't do that in the first two services. I didn't know how it was going to go. But she comes walking into a house. And, and it gets awkward. The awkwardness went to his 17. She comes in. She comes up behind Jesus. Now, how did she do that while he was at the table? Uh, they didn't have ta- chairs like this. Okay, They didn't sit up on a table like this. What they did is they, they would lay it in their stomach and with their feet behind them and, and gather themselves around a large blanket or a very low table. And she came up behind him and she was already moved. She was already crying. Because anybody who could love her in spite of the decisions that she's made, see, I connect to this point. Uh, I, I know the decisions that I've made in my life and God continues to love me. I can't wait to see him and just hug his neck and say thank you. Is there anybody with me on that? I just, I just want to hug him. This, this was new to her. This, he was new. She didn't have a relationship. She could see in his eyes. She, she heard his message. She comes back for more. and She comes in and the first thing she does, she just gets at his feet. And, and she notices nobody has washed his feet. But she's so broken and, and she's so uh, passionate about meeting him that her, her tears are 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 so many that she actually washes his feet with her tears. And and she she wanted to dry his feet with a towel, I'm sure, but why ask for a towel from people who clearly don't care? Uh, she undoes her hair and dries his feet. And now here's the big one. She's got a necklace. See If you were a prostitute in those days, you had a necklace very similar to this one. And uh, there's a vial of perfume on it. And any time you are entertaining or engaging yourself uh, with a guy, you are very, um, uh, you're not too generous with this perfume because it's incredibly expensive. So you use one drop sparingly, one drop at a time, one man at a time. It's very expensive. And so what she does is she takes it and she breaks it and not a drop, dumps it all, all over his feet. See, I just want to say this. You will never ever be fulfilled until you give your all. If you half-step this thing, if you half-step with God, if if you're not all the way in, you just kind of show up every once in a while, you will always be disappointed. But when you are already in and you're not keeping score, I've gone to church twice, I've given my offering three times, and I don't see brighter sun and green lights. If you're not keeping score, if you're just in, I am in because of what you did for me, even if you don't ever do anything for me again, I am in. It's at that moment where you begin to experience a relationship that others who have also paid the price experience. And so she takes the offering, the, the uh, anointing on, she dumps it all over his feet. And, and then he does several things that I'm going to unpack. But he defends her and he blesses her and he uh, allows her to leave in, in peace with a blessing. But before I get to that, I want to ask you a question. You don't have to answer it out loud. Um, it's a trick question, so just get ready for that. It's a trick question. If you had to be one of the two people in the story, either Simon or the woman, who would you rather be? Would you rather be the distinguished person with money and influence? Or would you rather be the broken one but received the blessing. Which one would you rather be? It's a trick question. Now while you're chewing on that, we're going to take a commercial timeout. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a commercial timeout. And I'm just going to say, I I read this uh, this story recently of uh, Albert Einstein getting caught up in uh, something similar to this. It was a, a question and answer game. And he's the one who started it. He was sitting on a plane with this young Indian man, as the story goes, and he says to the young man, look, we're going to be here for a while. This is a long flight. So to make time pass, let's have a little wager. Let's, 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 uh, let's, let's make a little bet. I'm going to ask you a question, and if you can't answer it, you give me 50 bucks. After that, you can ask me a question. If I can't answer it, I'm going to give you 500 bucks. The young man knew who he was sitting with and he was like, oh boy. And he says, all right, I'm in. And so Einstein just lobs him a meatball in, in his mind and he says, okay, how far is the earth from the sun? Which that's easy stuff to people like Albert, but to this young man, not so much. He could have guessed, but he knew it was going to be wrong. So he just reached in his pocket and gave him 50 bucks. Done. And so now it was the young man's turn. He looks back at Einstein and he goes, All right, what goes up one side of the mountain with three legs and comes back the other side of the mountain with four? Albert Einstein was stumped. He started thinking about all the geometry and the trigonometry and the formulas and this and that. After nearly an hour, as I read, he finally gave up. Reached into his pocket, gave the kid 500 bucks. And then they were just awkward. They just sat there being awkward. So Albert said to the young man, okay, are you going to tell me what the answer? What's the answer? What goes up on one side of the mountain with three legs comes down on the other side of the mountain with four? What's the answer? The young man reached in his pocket and gave him 50 bucks. <laughs> yes. We've had three services. The first two just went. I didn't know if it was just a dumb a dumb story or if it was the crowd. It was the crowd all right anyway going back to the trick question the reason why it's a trick question we don't know if we want to be the guy with influence or if we want to be the broken woman we don't know because the truth of the answer is is we want both right we want to have some money we want to be in good relationships we want to be valued Everybody likes to be valued. Nobody likes to work at a place where they don't feel valued. Nobody, every marriage, the husband and wife wants to be valued. You want to be valued. So we want to be valued. We want to be financially secure. We want to have good friends. We want to have a good place in the community. But we also want the blessing. Let me just share this with you. Everybody wants the blessing, but nobody wants to be broken. And brokenness always preludes the blessing. Jesus only honors people who humble themselves. He will not honor anyone who doesn't humble themselves. And so often, we back up and say, I refuse to be broken. I refuse to be humble. I refuse to come before you and say, I need you. I'm desperate. I don't want to live without you. My mind and my emotions, my soul, my spirit, just pick one. I don't know. It's all going crazy. And I've reached the point in my life, dear God, where I need you. That's called being broken. And everybody wants blessing, but nobody wants broken." And and that's why it's a trick question. This is such a rich story on multiple levels, but I'll give you three real quickly. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll give you four real quickly. Uh, Number one is that when broken people come before him, they have scars and, and Jesus heals scars. He heals scars. You see, if you've been living with the Lord for any length of time, you have gone through seasons, what the Bible calls battles or, or war. Uh, it's it, You have gone through seasons where you are believing, but the environment around you is very tough and difficult. And so if you've ever fought depression and believed in Jesus at the same time you have experienced brokenness or a scar, that, that, that'll leave a scar. If you've ever believed in the Lord like my parents have and in, in in, in, in a divorce took place, a family broke down, that'll leave a scar. If you've ever gone through a situation as a young girl and it still hurts, even though you're a grown adult and you keep telling yourself, I should be over this by now. I should be over this by now. That, that, that moment, that season, it left a scar. And this, this woman come to Jesus. She came to Jesus with a scar, with brokenness. And now Simon and the other guys, they're going to pretend like they don't have anything. Isn't it funny? We put makeup. We put a suit on. We put a smile on. We put mac and mac. Mac this and Mac that, and 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 we get our our nails did and our hair did or some of y'all, and and we just we get all powdered up, and and you say, hey man, how are you? I'm good, liar. And, and then there's some people like this woman that just says, look, I, I am broken and I need you. And, and Jesus begins to heal that brokenness and begins to touch her. But that does not happen until we come to the Lord and we say, look, I, I sincerely need you. I sincerely need you. This morning uh, before the sun was up, I had my, my face in the carpet and I told the Lord, I need you desperately. Desperately. It doesn't matter the length of your prayer. It matters the weight of your prayer. A lot of people don't pray because they don't have an opportunity to pray long or they don't know how to pray long. Don't get caught up in the length. Just get carried away in the weight. There is more... Uh, effectual, uh, the effectual fervent, uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There is more weight when you go, I need you versus, oh, God, I love you so much. You're so wonderful. You're so great. You're so awesome. You're so wonderful. No, 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 no. What would God want? I need you. Come to him with brokenness. Number two, the other moment that is so rich to me is simply this, that she was a scarlet sinner. See, not all sins are equal. There are some sins in the Lord's eyes that are far worse than other sins. And those sins, those people who commit those sins are going to be punished with far more wrath than other people. Let me explain it because I know this might be rattling your theology, so I better read the scriptures ASAP. Uh, Luke chapter 17 verse 1, it says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, There will always be temptations to sin. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. This woman not only did she live a lifestyle of adultery and immorality which is a sin, but she was the one that did the tempting. She was the one, just come on, it's not a big deal. Anytime somebody says it's not a big deal, it's probably a big deal. Come on, come on, come on. It, it, anytime somebody tries to take your standard and push it down, any time, that person is the tempter. They are the one. It's okay, it's okay. I I was thinking of somebody while I was putting this sermon together. He took his standards and ripped them down, took them and threw them out the window. We had lunch after lunch. I could not convince him any other way. What I watched is the relationships closest to him. The same thing happened. It's not a big deal, guys. What's God going to send you to hell? Is that where our bar is? that's where our bar is? We want to do just enough to not get sent to hell? What what happened to the, the original standard when you first gave your life to the Lord of, Lord, you are forgiving me of my sins. I love you. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. What is it that you like? Because whatever it is that you like, that's how I want to live my life. Sometimes people try to get God to like what they like and to hate what they hate. But when you introduced yourself to the Lord and said, I love you, wasn't it the other way around? Wasn't it, you are the king. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to worship you. I'm only going to be on this earth for this amount of time, and the amount of time that I'm here, I want to serve you. What happened to that? Now all of a sudden the standard is, well, it's not going to send me to hell, is it? Come on, anybody who pulls the standard down, they are the temptor. She was the temptor. She was the one saying, hey, come on, come on, come on, let's, let's, let's go have a night together. And the Lord's looking at her and saying, no, oh, you, you, you're in a whole different category of sin. You see, as a parent, I said this last Sunday, I recognize out of 52 Sundays, I don't come to all 52. We've got vacations, out of town. But I am teaching my kids when it's OK to skip church. Our kids will do what they see before they do what they hear. We are establishing the bar we are establishing what's right and what's wrong and we will be held accountable when we take the standards and push it down. When is it okay to curse? When is that okay? When is it okay to get sloshed and hammered? When is it okay? Because if it's not ever okay, then that's what we aim for. And when we miss that mark, we back up and we say, I'm sorry. But at the end of the day, we have children, we have people around us that we are setting the standard, we are setting the expectation, and we cannot lower our own expectation and then entice other people to have a lower expectation and standard as well that is not how it goes we can't say I don't think this is a sin hey come on let's do it together it's not a sin you're lowering it and that is a completely different category now watch this Jesus says your sins are forgiven you're in that other category where you have tempted people but guess what All of your sins, all of them, all of them, they are all gone. I'm not even ever gonna remember them. Let me illustrate it this way What did you get on your first birthday? Can't remember, can you? That's how much God remembers your sins. Can't remember. It was so far, it was so, it's like another life ago. He can't even remember. And she was in the category of the worst sin. She was the temptor. Let me just tell you this it does not matter what you've done, what I've done. What this story is illustrating is I love you so much. I am so crazy about you. I can't even remember it anymore. And that was, she was in the scarlet sin category. That is a a tremendous amount of love and then number three is she was a wordless worshiper she the entire story she doesn't say a word she walks into his presence she worships him she walks out uh, out of the house she never says a word uh, I don't know about you have you ever met people that over promise and under uh, i 've bought things uh, i 've bought a vacuum before that was supposed to suck the dirt out from underneath the foundation of our house. <laughs> uh, it, it was, i've bought a vacuum before that that I should be able to just turn it on it, 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 I, Have you ever had a guy and maybe some of you are that, this person and you 're really good a salesman if you do it, it pulled my pillow up and pulled my sheet back and, and sucked like a monster out of the, out of the mattress. Very good, you're sleeping on this. Oh, thank you. And then I get the, the machine and it doesn't work. Somebody cut a rope with a knife one time, but I couldn't peel an apple. It's like, have you ever had an over and underdeliver? And And I just want you to know, that's why the Lord says, I look for faithful people to be my companions. This woman didn't say a word. She didn't make any promises. She just wanted to worship Him. And I just want to say, you and I need to tell the Lord how much we love Him a lot because He loves to hear it. And our words create worlds. And so words are incredibly important. But I'll tell you this. Expression of love, expression, God, I love you, watch this. I'm doing this because I love you, watch this. That is in an awesome category. That is wordless worship. Then number four, he looks at her and he says, go in peace. Now this is cool. She has this necklace full of perfume. She takes it and she breaks it and pours it all over his feet. Now, what did she just do? This was her income. This is her job. She just took all of her past and gave it to him. This was who she is. I am coming to you. All the yucky, this is who I am. But watch this. She just quit her job. Her income for tomorrow and the next day and the next day, how she pays bills. She just quit. She just gave them her future. She gave them her past, her present, and her future. And when the Lord looks back at her and says, your sins are forgiven, I want you to walk away in peace. He's saying... I'm gonna give you peace for your past. Don't ever beat yourself up again. I don't know if there's anyone in here like me where, out of nowhere, it's like an arrow from hell. This thought will come and I'll remember something I did 10 years ago. And I'll sit there and go, oh my goodness. Have you ever done that? Just raise your hand, make me feel better. Jeez. He's like, oh, my goodness. And sometimes my back will get sweaty. Anyone? Ever? Just lie to me. Raise your hand. Yeah, that's happened to me, too. It's like, oh, my goodness. What was I thinking? Oh, I can't believe I did this. So stupid. So stupid. And he's looking at the woman. And he's saying, don't ever do that. Because I want you to walk forward. What's happened has happened. I don't even remember it anymore. And then she says, right now I'm giving you all of me. He gave her peace for right now. Right there at that moment was more peace than she'll ever experience. You will feel taller and stronger the lower you get. And he gave her peace for the moment. And then she just gave him all the future because like you, me when we begin to think about the future it doesn't prepare us for the future it just robs us of our present that's all worry does it just robs us of the here and now it doesn't fix anything coming And so here she is, and he says, don't worry about the fact you just quit your job to please me. Sometimes we will make decisions just to please him. And this is not a sermon. Don't anyone go out and quit your job. This is, (laughs) (laughs) unless it is in that category that simply does not please the Lord. When you make sacrifices just to please him, he knows what just happened. He's saying, I want you to be at peace with your past. I want you to be at peace where you are right now. And I know you're very concerned about the future. I want you to be at peace with that as well. Hear me say this. This is my last and final point. Peace always starts with surrender. In the moments this week, when you're living your life this week, and you feel stress, you feel worry, you feel anxiety, you feel concern... If you want peace, and I need to remember this myself, I need to just circle this on my notes for me. When I want peace to replace anxiety, peace always starts with surrender. When you say, I'm done. I'm done. That's when peace comes in. Let's all stand your feet for for me, please. I'd like our prayer partners to come down, if they would, all throughout the building. And everybody, would you please bow your head and close your eyes. I want to say a point in the sermon. I want to go back to it because I just feel like I need to mention it once again. That, Brokenness always preludes the blessing. So we will go through the season of brokenness, and brokenness prepares us for the blessing. And I know it hurts to be broken. I know that it's very difficult to go through seasons where you feel unloved or you feel alone. You feel confused. You feel abandoned. I know those seasons are incredibly difficult. But I want to encourage you that when the season of brokenness comes, wholeness is right around the corner, something sweet is around the corner. And I want to urge you and compel you to put your trust in the Lord.